Hello and welcome back to Industry Town, sponsored by John Rosenfeld Studios and Actor Salon. Today's guest is an actress and career coach, Jenna Doolittle. Jenna runs the incredible Actors Rise newsletter that has been such a gift to the acting community. Uh, for those who haven't heard about it, it is a daily email including every offer and event that is happening right now for actors. Open calls, general meetings, live Q&As, webinars, industry news, wellness options, classes, workshops, workouts, discounts everything and it's all in one place with easy to use links it's really awesome it's a hell of an organizational achievement and it's super helpful uh you can sign up for the newsletter and the facebook group uh from links in our show notes a little more about jenna uh some recent acting credits for her include the newly released netflix thriller rattlesnake and she worked on not one but two fx shows uh nosferatu and american horror story she's active in sag aftra elected as a convention delegate for two terms serves on the national board of the next Gen Performers Committee and is passionate about mental health for actors, something you'll hear a lot about in the interview. Uh, she also has her own career coaching business, Actors Rise, and of course the newsletter. As Jenna says, she's a doolittle who does a lot. So with that, here's Jenna. Lock it up, very quiet and stealthy. Ready? Scene one, take three, A mark. Apparently neither of us really work, and so I think she. Seriously, so that's good. Um, well, let's let's get to it. Um, I'm gonna just uh, hit record on the Zoom thing that I've got for my sound over here, and uh, and we'll just kind of jump in. Great. Okay, so I'm really excited for this episode here. My guest today is Jenna Doolittle. Thank you for being here. You're so sweet to have me, honestly. I'm honored to to be here and hopefully I can share something of value to you and to actors right now. I'm not sure what, but I'll, I'll do my best. We'll, we'll, we'll talk around some different things. My guess is we'll find something, but a place for me to start, um, just to kind of jump in, is the name Jenna Doolittle just started popping up in my life at some point, you know, I want to say about like a month, a month ago, something around there. And I was hearing about this amazing newsletter and it had every reference that everyone was talking about. Every, every casting director that was, you know, giving a talk and every open call and the person who had all of this together was Jenna Doolittle. And I'm thinking, who's Jenna Doolittle? Who is this person? I haven't met her. And I, I don't know everyone in this town, obviously, but it's it's strange to hear a name so much that I had never heard before. So can you just tell me a little bit about who are you? What have you been doing in Los Angeles? Who are you before this newsletter? That's very sweet. Um, I've always been the same. Not much has changed in the past five weeks. And you're sweet to say that you've been hearing my name a lot. There's definitely some people who all of a sudden are, are reading this newsletter and I'm trying to get as much information out to people as possible at this time. But, you know, it's a small subset of people, I think. It's a little microcosm. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been an actor since I was a kid. Uh, grew up doing community theater musicals in Rhode Island. I'm from that quirky, weird state. And um, I'm a business of acting coach. I uh, have been coaching actors for about three years on things like how to get an agent and um, how to up-level your career, how to network. Um, I really love helping people. I love helping actors, but I like helping people in general. My, my best friends who aren't actors have joked for years that I should go back to school and become a therapist just because I'm always doling out advice to everybody all the time. 
well, we can stay on mic afterwards. I'll just turn off the recording and you can just give me some advice just to kind of get <laughs> for the weekend or something like that. Well, My therapist literally has been trying to talk me into becoming a therapist. And I'm like, um, Dr. Max, I don't think that's what you should be doing. I probably shouldn't say his name, but he's amazing. <laughs> well, just pretend Dr. Max is a, is a made up name. Exactly. Um, perfect. Uh, so how do you get from Rhode Island to Los Angeles? What's the, what's the path? Um, so I started acting because my cousins were doing it and I just wanted to be exactly like them and um, did a lot of community theater. But I never really thought that I was going to pursue a career acting. It wasn't a practical thing. I actually wanted to be a nurse when I was little, which is really funny now because if you look at what I play, I constantly play nurses. And I was actually on your website earlier today and I noticed that you literally have a medical professional demo, which it's is phenomenal casting for you. I mean, I could imagine you being on every single one of those shows. Well, thank forever. you. I think it's, you know, maybe the, the sweet, naive, helpful quality that I possess. <laughs> I never really think of nurses and, and doctors as naive, but I, I there's something there's something there's a curiosity that's going to come from that. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, to get back to your question, I I went to school in Virginia. I went to University of Mary Washington. I did study theater. I thought I was going to double major in English. I love reading. I love like learning about the world and stories. Um, and of course, when I graduated, as any good actor does, I thought, well, New York City, that's the place to be, center of the universe. At least East Coast actors, I think, tend to think that. Um, so I moved there and uh, did theater for a while and had no idea what I was doing and how to have a career or how to actually get an agent or anything like that. I had some wonderful experiences doing theater, but I sort of fell into producing and I produced um, a downtown theater festival. Uh, Planet Connections Theater Festival that paired every show with a not-for-profit, like raising all this money and awareness for all these causes and produced like a one-night show for John Patrick Shanley and Neil LeBute. Um, and then I actually started working in for-profit theater and um, worked for uh, the Snapple Theater Center. I produced an off-Broadway show that ran for a year. Um, so really kind of like cut my teeth on more the business side, I guess. Um, and then my now husband, who lives in Los Angeles, um, kind of invited me to move across the country and moved in, in with him. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty crazy. And I didn't know what to do when I moved here. Um, so we started working in casting. And uh, my now husband was like, can you just take an acting class, please? <laughs> like, you've been acting since you're a kid. You love acting. You went to school for acting. You have no friends. Can you please just take an acting class again? And um, so I did. And of course, ever since then, um, I have not turned back. And just because I had some business savvy, I think it's helped me uh, now kind of revisiting my career as an adult. Um, it's It's been a, a different experience in Los Angeles than it was for me in New York, which is great. So you said that you kind of naturally fell into some of this business stuff. You're saying that you, you didn't know how to get started in New York, so you just started producing. Is that something that you kind of learned from, from family? Like, were, are your parents self-starters or entrepreneurs or business people? Or, or was this kind of just somehow the natural path of least resistance? It was just the path of least resistance, I think. I learned a lot in my undergrad about um, marketing for theater. And a, it was a really comprehensive program and really taught us so much more than how to be good actors, but how to be um, 
savvy business people, they didn't really teach you how to get a job as an actor, but they taught you how to work in the theater world. So I had that kind of acumen to use and it just was the path of least resistance, I think. And I was interested in continuing to tell stories and work with actors. So, so what's the foundation you learned there? Because that's, that's so interesting to me. I feel like a lot of people, I know my experience, I'll speak to that, but I know a lot of have had a similar one, which is I go to theater school. I might've gotten an excellent theater education, but the one thing we didn't have was any kind of business class. There was no, uh, this is how you get a job in theater. I guess you said not get a job, but how the business works. We didn't get that for theater, film, any of that. So that seems surprising to me. What do you feel like were the big takeaways from that? Uh, it was honestly, I'm so grateful that I went to that program because they, they actually took us to New York City for two weeks and we got to see 16 shows and we actually met and sat down with working professionals in all different facets of the industry and were able to ask them questions. And I think it's, it's hard when you're coming from, you know, Rhode Island or Idaho or wherever to actually understand um, how could you have one of these professional jobs and to actually get the chance to talk to one of these working professionals, whether it be like a stage manager, designer, an actor, that was really helpful because it made it feel accessible and doable. Uh, but we actually had real classes on, you know, I, I was the department's marketing manager. I also ran our like Girl Scouts weekend. I did we had so many incredible programs and I wish I could remember all the details now. It's been some time since college, but uh, it was very helpful to me um, when I, when I moved to New York in the other side of the business and the producing side. You feel like you've always kind of been in leadership some way, shape or form. You're somebody who's kind of helping organize, who's helping manage, who's in those positions. You just said marketing manager for, you said your department, uh, is that right? Or No, for, for our theater department. For yeah. Theater department, yeah. Yeah, I do think I've always kind of taken on leadership positions in in life. Um, I was thinking about this newsletter and what you and I were going to talk about today. And, you know, even in high school, when when we transitioned from our junior high school to our high school, they did this really unique thing where they asked people to just write down the names of the top 10 people that you would go to if you needed advice about something. And so then those 10 people out of the entire 350 people in our class um, who got the most kind of votes, except there was no, we didn't know what it was for, we knew nothing, became what was called natural helpers. And then we actually got training to, to learn how to help people better and also how to help ourselves while we were helping people. Because a lot of the time, you know, if somebody's coming to talk to you about problems that are very large in high school, like, you know, thoughts of suicide or parents' divorce, how can you be involved and help them, but also not lose yourself in the process? So I do think it's just kind of part of who I am that I like helping if I can. That's, I mean, that's, that's wonderful because I feel like that kind of leadership, that kind of uh, big picture type of thinking and, and responsibility to a larger community, that those go hand in hand, <clears throat> excuse me, go hand in hand with running a business. And so many actors that I meet, are incredibly talented and incredibly creative, but this idea of I've got to manage a business, that that area can get sticky, that that area can be complicated. I'm wondering for you, are you able to separate the personal from the business? Like, do you see yourself, Jenna, the human, and then there's Jenna Doolittle, actress, or Jenna Doolittle, actress slash career coach? Do you separate them in your mind, the product and the person, or are they one and the same? I can separate them in my mind. Um, 
do I on a daily basis? I'm not so sure. I always think it's so important to have other people's input on your career because we can only see ourselves so far. Um, you know, I always have an accountability buddy in my career. I always have some sort of coach um, helping me because I can know, okay, this is how the industry sees me, but my viewpoint's going to be somewhat skewed. Um, so I, I do think everybody needs some somebody else to take a look and, and give them some insight. Do you ever find, this is something I found as a teacher and a coach, is that sometimes I'm learning so much of what I need through the teaching, but other times there's this moment of, well, I need some help too, yet at the same time I'm giving advice and I'm helping people on their way. Sometimes I'm able to sit with that and hold both things very comfortably. Most of the time I am. But every now and again, there's this moment of, shit, I might need some help right here. So I want to make sure that I'm giving really wonderful feedback here. For sure. I, I definitely have moments like that. And sometimes I'm listening to myself talk and thinking, oh my goodness, Jenna, you need to take your own advice. You haven't done that in forever. Why are you telling this person to do it? You haven't done it. Um, so it's one thing to know the steps. It's another thing to do them and to step out of your fear place, which I think happens for a lot of us actors. Um, but you know, we all need support. We all need help. And I think that's kind of where the newsletter came from is this idea of we're all in this together. And if I have some information that can help other people, I would like them to be able to rise up and, and be supported by, by myself. And there's so many other people offering so many amazing things for free, casting directors. And, you know, I'm so blown away by all the offerings that I'm getting for actors to share with, with everyone. And so, you know, I think it's nice to see that because a lot of the time, it does feel competitive and me versus them and oh she looks like me so i can't be on the same roster as her and those icky feelings that and headspace that we get into as actors and i think this time is actually bringing us together yeah it does feel like more of a community than ever before and there's this really strong reminder that even though you might be the same type as someone else and might be going out for the same jobs which is inherently a little bit competitive that those are also the people who understand your life better than anybody else. Like they, their, their economic situation is probably somewhat similar to yours. Their training is somewhat similar. The types of roles, the stories being asked of them. Um, and oftentimes I feel like a lot of the similar types of hurdles or limits or all those things, the people that you're in an audition room with really understand that as much as anybody else on the planet. And so it's been so nice to realize we're all in this together. I mean, you and I are on a phone call right now we both have career coaching businesses and in a different world, it would be like, Oh, okay, well that's one place that you could study. And this is another. And right now I'm kind of fascinated just to be like, okay, well, how do you do it? Let's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's just share notes because so, so yeah. much of my perspective on this is, is it's in just the messenger and what messenger is getting you to act in, in this moment, to show up to your business in this moment. That's the right kind of coach or career coach for you in any given moment. You know, there's lots of wonderful yeah. things. And I mean, right now, the conversations I've been having with a lot of my clients is so much more about, you know, what do you want to do today? What, like, what do you actually want to spend your time doing? Because while I love setting goals and I love setting goals that are sometimes feel unattainable, and then I also like talking about, let's be realistic. And I can be a, a total tough love coach and say, you know, get your butt down to your desk and do this stuff. 
That's right the nicest tough love coach I've ever heard in my life. Get your butt <laughs> down there. That's, I think, I think our styles are a little different. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on. It's, yeah, I didn't know if we could swear. I definitely swear oh, to my clients. Um, mature audiences. Yes, absolutely. There's, I think there's a little banner on the iTunes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, right now, I think it's so much more like, you know, what excites you right now to do? Because if anything excites you right now during this pandemic, that's great. Like, lean into that. Like, let's, let's focus on that thing. Because a lot of the time, we're just feeling like shit right now. And that's okay, too. And I think it's so important to honor whatever's coming up for you. Um, and I, one of my biggest worries about the newsletter is just that people will feel really overwhelmed by it. And I want them to kind of look at it more as a menu of options of like, ooh, I actually want to do that today, as opposed to, oh my God, I should be doing all of these Instagram lives with casting directors or, or what have you. So it's like a Cheesecake Factory menu because it's got pages of it, but it's not, a, it's not a prescription, right? Absolutely. So I'm curious, I've been having this thought a little bit recently. I'm interested in your two cents on it. You're saying how we should be following the joy right now or following that, that spark. What do you want to do right now? Should we be doing that all the time? Like really, should this moment be any different in some amount of time someday? I don't know when, but I, I do kind of believe that someday the world will look a lot more like we're used to it looking. Um, should we, should we take a lesson from this? Should we remember that this is still the, the North star or is there something to the idea that when the world is going along as normal, a lot of it's joyful, a lot of it's fun, but sometimes you just gotta roll up your sleeves and do something you don't wanna do? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. Obviously, I think as actors, as artists, most of us are you know, following our dreams in a way that a lot of people in the world aren't. You know, they're not, they're going to their, their day job that, you know, they want to bang their head against their computer sometimes. And we're following this joy, this love, hopefully. But in doing that, it can be really hard, really challenging, very painful, sometimes very painful. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have the same financial support that a lot of careers and industries have. There's a lot of ups and downs emotionally. We wear our emotions on our sleeve. Um, Yes, I think we should always lean into the joy. And yet sometimes there are things that need to be done that aren't joyful. And I think the question is like, how do you find some enjoyment out of the things that you have to do in order to succeed? I mean, I don't particularly love, you know, working on my casting profile sites or updating my website, but if I can find joy in, oh, I get to share with the world that I just did this thing and shift my perspective on it, I find that to be helpful. I just think it's so fascinating how the world, when it's, you know, I guess more dire right now, you know, economically it feels scary and jobs are, that now we're saying in this moment when it's very scary, lean into the joy. And I wonder if there's just always this sense of balance that when the world provides a little more joy and is a little more balanced, that's when we need to kind of be responsible for that, that more difficult stuff. And if there just always kind of is that balance inexorably shifting between our given circumstances and what we need to do to rise up to them. Not to use your, not to use your actor's rise phrase there. No, it's all good. That's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you. I do think it's an interesting question and it's the kind of question we should be asking ourselves right now. Um, I think when I go back to the, the, what do you want right now? It's just because there 
are probably people who want to lay on their couch and feel like crap and cry and watch movies. And to an extent, like that's processing your emotions. And if that's what you want to do, then that's what you should do right now. And if you commit to something and decide you don't want to do it anymore, I think you don't have to do it. I, I just think you have to be kind to yourself in a real true way. And that's it's kind of a cheap phrase. And I say it a lot, be kind to yourself. I, I say that to my clients all the time, but it's really about having self-reflection and, uh, you know, how would you treat the little girl or little boy inside of you from your childhood? How would you speak to that person? Speak to yourself from that place, that voice. You do sound like you could be a therapist and a good one. <laughs> I've gotten that <laughs> advice exactly before. Quick break. Uh, first, I'm excited to share a new online event through John Rosenfeld Studios and Actor Salon that I'm uh, producing and hosting. It's called JRS Happy Hour Conversations, and it's an ongoing series of free Zoom webinars where John and I will interview exciting industry professionals about how the business is responding to the pandemic and also uh, about our guests' personal experience. The events are going to include a live Q&A where you can get your questions answered at the end, and it will happen on Tuesdays from 4 to 5 over Zoom. Our first guest is the one wonderful casting director, Amy Renee. You can sign up. Again, it's for free. Just find the link in the show notes. Also, uh, if you're able to donate and uh, you can afford that right now, please check out Feed the Frontline Los Angeles put on by World Health Kitchen. Just go to wck.org to donate. They feed hospital workers and ICU and ER units in Los Angeles where they're delivering thousands of meals daily to those on the front lines. So if you're listening and uh, you're not in LA, they also have something for your city too. Just check out wck.org. You know, I want to ask you, you were saying, um, well, in your business coaching in, in normal times, Sure. What do you feel like clients resisted the most? If we're talking about how now is the time to be kind to ourselves, we don't have to do all the, the harder stuff. In normal times, what is that harder stuff that you feel like you're always having to kind of beg, borrow, or, or, or convince people to do? There's so many things, I think. I wish it was just one thing. Um, and everybody's different because everybody has different fears, again, from their childhood that then come up in asking people to, to do things, whether it's to you know, take these casting directors off this massive pedestal and see them as human beings to send that email to, um, there's so much resistance around like pitching yourself to agents and managers and singing your praises as a human being, as an actor, really looking at things that you've done well, I think, um, can be really challenging for people. Uh, just getting your kind of structural bookkeeping of your career together financially, but also, you know, are you tracking your auditions? You know, I actually have so much fun doing that. I love looking back at the end of the year and seeing, oh, wow, this year I had, you know, X more television auditions than I did the year before. And this casting office is calling me in more, but oh my goodness, that casting office isn't calling me in as much anymore. What do I need to do to kind of maintain that relationship better? Um, so I don't know. I digress, but <laughs> for me, the hardest one is, is all forms of self-promotion, <clears throat> whether that's uh, authentically and vulnerably pitching themselves uh, to an agent, whether that's the act of marketing in general, whether that's the concept of interacting with social media, or even, I mean, one of the things we do in Actress Salon all the time is you just have to start by saying some wins. And it's amazing how tough that is for people to not cut it with a loss. You know, yeah. I got this audition. I didn't get it, but I got an audition. And by the end, we're, we've left the land of feeling good about ourselves and we're living in the loss. 
Yeah, uh, it's that idea of, well, I only, like, yeah, I was on TV, but it was only a co-star. Or I, you know, got, I, I got really great feedback in my class today, but, like, it was just class. No one cares about it. It's that feeling. And we have to start really, I agree, living with more pride in our wins and celebrating them, especially because this career, like, it's, you're not always going to be a series regular, you know, I've never been a series regular, um, yet, but <laughs> that yet is so important though. And you found that very easily. I think that's so important. The idea of my life isn't necessarily what, what I want it to be yet or right now, but that, that little addition to the end of it shows faith. And then at the other side of it though, my life is exactly <laughs> what I want it to be right now. You know, like I have so many good things in my life and I am doing so much more than I was a year ago. And so that's exciting to me. And I think, yes, I just think we can't live in the future of the yet world, but we have to know that that's possible for us. Yeah. I like that you said that you really like your life right now. I think most people like their lives more than they're sometimes willing to admit. I feel like, so the best advice I think I ever got from my dad was a moment where I don't think he was trying to give me good advice. He just kind of threw something at me. But what he said, I don't even quite remember the context, but he said, people do what they want to do. <laughs> you know, no one's really doing something they don't want to do. Maybe they're choosing between two things they don't want, they're choosing the one they want more. But people are mostly doing what they want. So the life that they have right now is often, with some exceptions, uh, the result of choices that we've chosen to make. And I think the moment that we can accept that, take some responsibility for that, that's the moment we can start enjoying it a lot more. Even if it's not what we, what we think someone else wants it to look like. But we can say, I made these choices, so I must like this to some degree. And from there, I can build on it, I can change that, I can audit it a little bit and figure out how I really feel about it and move from there. But I like accepting that maybe I do like the choices that I make it. Maybe these haven't happened to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting way of thinking about things. I, and I, I appreciate it in a lot of ways. But then, I, of course, I'm also like, well, I come from a place of privilege in so many ways. And I have so many, I, you know, I had family members who believed in me and supported my choices. And I come, come from a place that like, I was able to get an education and go to college. So I, I think that's true to an extent that, you know, we make the choices that we make and we must want to make those choices and enjoy it in some way. But also I think I was given so much opportunity in my life to make my own choices and make my own way and was supported in that. So I think it's just an important thing to remember. I think absolutely recognizing the privilege inherent to it is wildly important. I think that's true. Let's talk about the newsletter a little bit. Um, obviously now it's kind of an institution, you know, it's a, it's a thing that is regular. It's got structure to it. Um, people, People know about it. Um, I mean, people know about it. I don't know if that many people know about it, but I think in our circle of people who are really care about their careers as actors, and I mean, I think everybody cares about their careers as actors. So I don't know what I'm saying. All right, I'll let I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, I do. I mean, look, I. I don't know what your, the size of the email list is. I, 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 I'm aware that there's probably room to grow, but <clears throat> this is a thing that is self-selecting to anyone who's really active about their career. Um, I think anybody who's, in, uh, who's a career coach right now or anyone who is really taking their career, uh, I want to say, the word I was going to say was seriously, and I don't mean that, um, aggressively or ambitiously right now is maybe a better word. 
every one of those people, I think, is finding your newsletter. And you can just see by the sheer number of offerings on there. It's not like you're in the corner somewhere at the party. There's, you know, there's a lot of people coming to you with things. But obviously, it didn't start that way. So tell me, how did the first one happen? Like, pandemic hits. What's the, what's the space between, oh, shit, we got to stay at home and I got to go to Ralph's and fight people for toilet paper and maybe I need to buy cans of beans and I'm going to, you know, put together a list of resources for actors. Where do, how do we get there? Yeah. I mean, I think my trauma response is just how can I help other people? Obviously, I was concerned about things for myself, my own family. My, my mom has underlying health issues and she'd just gotten out of the hospital and, you know, I have my own concerns, but in a lot of ways, I, again, recognize that I know that there's a roof over my head. I know I'm going to be able to buy groceries. Um, and I'm was in the position where I could help and really wanted to help in any way possible. Cause you're hearing these terrible stories in the news. And I was just kind of like brainstorming all different ideas. And one of the first things I did was I made this um, actor daily schedule because I saw all these parents had made you know these actor uh, these kids schedules for their kids at home during quarantine and I said well why don't we do one for actors and so I Is made that, that Instagram I think I actually saw that yeah it's on Instagram you know it yeah. kind of starts your day with grounding yourself and you know checking in with your finances trying to find work um, but a balance between like eating and moving your body and things like that. Um, and that was fun, but it was just like one thing. And I don't know, a couple of people liked it. Great. Hopefully it, it helped one or two people. And I just started brainstorming, like, what are other things I could do? And it's funny, I can't really remember what some of those ideas were anymore. I think I was thinking about trying to see if I could get general meetings for actors with casting directors, but I thought that was going to be kind of complicated. And who's to say a casting director is not experiencing you know, devastation because of what's going on as well. Who am I to ask them to do that? Um, and I said to my husband one day, I was like, what if I just sent a newsletter? And I remember he was like, yeah. And I said, is this a stupid idea? And he said, no, like, I actually think this is your best idea. Yeah, you should do that. Um, so I, so I did the first time I sent it was to, to 39 people. <laughs> And um, that had subscribed, like my friends that I posted it to. And um, I think 36 of those 39 actually opened the newsletter, because yes, I can see who opens it. You, <laughs> um, you track the auditions, you're going to track the newsletter, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I just kept doing it, because people found it valuable. Um, and it's, What was on the first one? What's that? Do you remember kind of the type of things that were on the first one, how much stuff was on there? A good number of things. Um, you can go back and see it if you keep hitting past issues, you oh, yeah. can read it. But um, it's a lot of the same stuff that's on there today. The structure is pretty much exactly the same. I haven't really changed much. I think if something works and people are giving you positive feedback, then don't fix it if it ain't broken kind of deal. Um, I definitely had other categories in there and I kind of, still right now put in some categories and take some categories out depending on what information I find that I think will be valuable for people. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it grows from there. One thing I really want to underline that I just think is awesome is you saying that you did it for 39 people. Um, I know so many people who think you look at the results of a lot of hard work that someone's put in 
like you have with the newsletter. And they're like, oh, well, I can never create something like that because they're looking at what it is now rather than how did it start? How do people get there? What is the building process like? And often it's just showing up to something that feels worthwhile to you, that feels energizing to you. And not every single one of those pays off. That's not how it works. But you keep knocking on those doors and eventually something moves and you, you tap into something. And then before you know it, you know, you're, you're on this podcast talking. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do think that's inspirational. I think it's a good reminder of how things really are built. Yeah, I, I, I thank you. I think that's true. I agree. Um, you know, and, and honestly, from a selfish perspective, it came out of giving myself a sense of purpose. And it still is that for me right now. I mean, I know what I'm doing five days a week because I'm working on this newsletter and I get beautiful emails from actors thanking me for the time. And that gives my life meaning. I literally started crying to my therapist about it the other day. I was like, this means so much to me that I can give back to my community right now in a time when, when they're in so much pain. Um, you know, and it also came from a place I, I'm pretty involved with the union with SAG-AFTRA. And I had a lot of people at the time reaching out to me saying, you know, Jenna, like, what's going to happen? What are, what are we doing? Um, you know, oh, where can I get the actors fund relief? Questions like that. And um, I wanted to help people get the financial information very quickly so that they could, you know, apply for unemployment so that they could apply for all the grants that were available. Um, and it was, that was another thing that I was thinking would be helpful with the newsletter was like, instead of texting all of my friends back, I could just say, okay, all the information's right here. Here it is for you. I hope this is helpful. Um, and just trying to really get the information out to a wider audience if possible about all these wonderful things that the union has been doing for us during this time, because I think it's, they're incredible. I mean, Gabrielle and David, and I've been so floored being able to listen to phone calls with some of these union leaders about the foresight that they've had during this pandemic and how they're really working hard to take care of all of their members. And I think it's important that we recognize that and that we're um, given all the information that uh, is needed. Can you speak a little more on that? Because I, I'm a big union supporter, our union, unions in general. Um, one thing I will say is that while there's clearly lots of stuff that they're doing, and I feel aware of that, I don't know that there's been a, uh, an ease of messaging where I couldn't tell you right now 10 things or even five things that I am fully aware that SAG has done, is doing. And is, could you speak to some of that stuff? What, just for people who may be less in the know, how's our union helping us? And what are things that, you know, can we do anything to support them? Or is there something we should be, you know, showing up for, taking advantage of? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole section at the bottom of the newsletter that's news for SAG after members. So I'd encourage everyone to look at that because I'm constantly updating it. Um, off the top of my head, I can say, you know, early on before even our government was saying this was an issue, SAG-AFTRA put out like notifications for our members about things to do, um, about covering testing for all of its members, whether you were part of the health plan or not. Um, SAG-AFTRA did so much campaigning to get the CARES Act passed, you know, actually had Gabrielle had a phone call with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they were, they've been working around the clock for us trying to get that CARES Act passed and it did pass. And the CARES Act, um, if, if you're not familiar with it, is 
Um, it allows people who are self-employed or who have S-Corps, many of us actors do, um, to not be forgotten um, with all of this pandemic assistance for unemployment that's going out. So that was incredibly important. They've even been talking to, you know, legislators about actually how, how to speed up the EDD and trying to help that process. It's been pretty horrific in California. They're aware of that. They've been working and doing their best. They've had, they hosted a webinar for SAG After members with the EDD and they had to fight to get the EDD to agree to do that. And I listened to that webinar and it was chock full of really helpful information. Um, they've offered dues relief. So if you can't pay your dues, you can, um, push it. Although if you can pay your dues, please pay your dues because sag after needs to remain solvent as a union. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I have more if you want me to keep going. No, I think this is really helpful. I feel like a lot of us know we have this union and, and know that they do a lot for us, but actually hearing the details of it, I think is wildly refreshing. So if you got a couple more off the top of your head, I don't mean to make you, uh, no. you know, perform right now, but so if you got a couple others, I'll take them. Well, I think one of the biggest ones is I personally just got a, a residuals check deposited into my bank account today. And that is because SAG-AFTRA got permission from the government in order to stay open as an essential need to pay our members. And people are, our staff members are going in there risking their lives in order to get you your money faster. That's incredibly moving to me that they're doing that. I think it's amazing. Um, and they're obviously taking all the precautions that they possibly can. They've ramped up the number of people um, working on residuals. All the staff is also working from home if they can. The other staff that doesn't have to go to the building and actually risk their lives on residuals. Um, they've also been working to get actors paid who, you know, just booked a, go a guest star or co-star or something. And then production shut down with the force force majeure, um, they're, they're getting us paid. Um, so many things. And then right now they're, they're in constant conversation and talks about how do we reopen safely so that our members are protected. And I mean, I can't think of a better thing for them to be doing than having that conversation. So what have you heard on that front? What have we heard about how uh, a set might reopen or how auditions might happen? Um, what have you heard? I mean, I haven't been privy to the actual conversations of what's happening. I've been, you know, in some groups where people are having personal private conversations about it, but I know these conversations are happening and I know that they're listening to members if you have concerns and ideas, but they're so aware of, of all of it. And I, there's a lot of articles that are coming out right now in Deadline and Hollywood Reporter about different ways, um, that we could go. And Australia um, is starting to open up right now back to filming again. So things that they do, I know that our unions are all looking at together. My husband's also a screenwriter. He's part of the WGA. They're having lots of conversations about this as well. Obviously, our members are on the front lines in terms of you know, human to human contact when we're on sets and stuff. The writers uh, get to be you know in their virtual writers' rooms. Um, so SAG-AFTRA is really talking about this seriously. Uh, I can't say much more than that, but no, I know. It's, it's nice to hear that. I realize we've, we've missed a really important kind of basic thing. For anyone who hasn't signed up for the newsletter and wants to learn more about it, where do you sign up? Well, uh, there is a link in my um, Instagram, uh, and there's, I'll, I'll send you information so you can put it in the show notes as well. It'll be in the show notes, but this is also a chance to promote that there's a Facebook page, right? 
there is a Facebook group and please answer all the questions if you want to be um, admitted into the group. You have to agree to the group rules. I think it's important um, to do that. <laughs> yeah, on Facebook because there's a lot of great information there. There's a whole community that's, you know, kind of come together around this. And I think uh, one of the hardest things about stay at home is communities feel more distant. And it's yeah, hard I mean, to that's feel honestly one of my favorite things about the newsletter is actually the Facebook group because I get to actually engage with the readers and learn from them, see what they want more of. Um, and it's just a community kind of of support, you know, I'll throw out question, a question each day, usually, you know, what are you reading during quarantine? What, what's your guilty food obsession during quarantine? And it's a way for us all to just connect during this time, which I think is so important. And so that's, I've just tried to, foster a supportive community right now. And that's actually probably the thing I'm most proud of. That's a beautiful thing. That's a, quite an accomplishment. So I, I appreciate it. I know that. Um, how do you feel like it's evolved, the newsletter? I mean, I, I heard you say that in certain ways, it's kind of delightfully similar to how it started, where the structure is somewhat similar. But do you feel like you've seen any evolution either in the way you distribute information or the types of things that are coming in? The types of things that are coming in has shifted some. Um, early on, I think people were so excited about the newsletter because we were getting all these great open calls from casting directors and to just have all the information in one place where people could see, oh, the deadline is this day and here's the link was really helpful. Um, now I think there's a lot more information coming in about, you know, mindset and um, workshops that people can do. I have a lot of acting schools reaching out to me, asking to promote them, real companies saying, hey, I'll offer a discount. I'm dealing with a lot more emails now. Um, I get way more emails than I did when there were you know, 39 subscribers, um, which is fun. It's hard for me because I really would like to be able to answer each person individually, and I'm just not able to do that anymore. And I feel bad about that, to be honest. Um, but I also know in order to keep doing this, I have to protect my own mental health. And sometimes that means allowing um, a vacation reply to serve for my own voice. So yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. I, I, I imagine that this might make you a little uncomfortable, but what is the effect that this has on you? Clearly it's exciting for you, clearly fulfilling, but I would also imagine it's a responsibility that can sometimes feel, I don't want to go as far as a burden, but I mean, there's now you've set an expectation in your people showing up for that. How does that, how does that sit with you? How do you, did you expect that? Do you feel comfortable with that? How is that playing on you? Some days I'm so thrilled by it and love it. And other days it's a lot of work and can be really stressful. Um, you know, it's tough. I get these beautiful emails of gratitude from people, but it's the one email of somebody who's saying, well, thanks anyway. Like you, you, you know, you try, you kind of put my thing in, but you didn't word it right or something like that. Um, you know, or the people who are like, I can't sign in 5,000 exclamation points. And I'm, and I have to take a step back and like breathe and think, okay, like these people are in panic mode. They're dealing with quarantine. They're dealing with their own trauma. Some of these people cannot pay their bills, cannot, many of them are really struggling right now. And so them sending me an email with five exclamation points is not personal, Jenna, this is not against you. And just taking a step back and taking the time to answer in a hopefully supportive, clear way that also isn't completely overstepping my own boundaries I've set for myself of 
you know, you can't save everyone and people have to choose to um, engage in a certain way in the world. When did you notice that this thing was starting to catch? Uh, I'm not going to ask you the specific number. I don't feel like that's my place of how many people are like subscribed. But when did it go from like 39 to what I'm sure is significantly more than 39? Um, you know, I wish I had a clear answer for you. I don't know that I do. I, um, John Ruby of Fire Acting asked me to be on his Instagram live. And that was kind of early on in, in it. And I thought, oh, interesting. Like, he doesn't know me and he wants me to participate in this thing. Cool. Um, and then at one point, all of a sudden, I just started getting 150 to 200 new subscribers per day. And I was kind of like, whoa. Um, and then, you know, big acting coaches personally emailing me who I've never met. It's just, it's a little bizarre, um, but it's cool. I'll take it. Does it lead to any, um, so many people talk about imposter syndrome. Do you ever have that moment of like, who am I for this? Or do you, are you somehow immune? All the time. <laughs> All the time. And every time I hit that send button, you guys, I, you know, I'm a grammar Nazi. You have to understand this about me. And I'm sending out these newsletters with so many typos and so many mistakes. And I have to remind myself every day, done is better than perfect. There's so much wonderful information in here. And I have done my best that I can do today. And that is enough. And it's hard. <laughs> and I'm usually drinking a glass of wine when I hit send. But um, I'm hitting send and I'm proud of myself for that. Absolutely. Do you find that you have time to actually take advantage of the open calls and the things that you're actually promoting to the world? Yeah. I, I mean, I've made it a point <laughs> to focus on my own career for about an hour every day and I'll literally set a timer um, on my phone to do my it. Favorite strategies. Yeah. Ah, timer's so good. So great. Um, and I also make sure I work out every single day. Um, and those two things really help me stay sane. You know, I'm very lucky. Like I said, I'm privileged in the fact that I have a sense of routine already in my life. I already worked from home a lot. Um, you know, I sleep well at night, generally speaking. Have I had a couple nights of insomnia during this? Yes. But generally speaking, I'm sleeping. You know, that's huge. Um, I'm working out. I'm communicating with friends and family on a daily basis. And I make sure to do that. Um, so uh, in terms of the open calls, I've done almost all of them. I've done the ones that I want to do or that my team has sent to me. Mm -hmm. um, I've done all the updates of like the casting database updates that I feel like pertain to the markets that I work in. Um, other than that, like with the IG lives, I'll sometimes if there's like a casting director or associate that I've never met before, I'll like turn it on in the background while I'm working on the newsletter so I can just get a feel for their essence and who they are, just so that if I ever go into their room, I'm not gonna be surprised. I'm gonna kind of have a feeling for them. Sometimes I'll take a couple notes, um, but I haven't been doing a lot of the IG lives and I'm okay with that. Um, I've also worked at uh, uh, either Actors Key, like a, help me, I'm losing words, um, workshop place. Workshop, casting director workshops, yeah. Thank you. So, I wonder if that's where I know you from. Maybe back in the day somehow. I, I was at Actors Key West for a while and then at Burbank the last year it was open and now I'm a reader at Next Level. So I've, you know, a lot of the things that they say in these IG lives are very similar to the information. I just like learning about the people and I think that's really probably more helpful for most people's careers anyway once you have a lot of the information about um, the, the standard business kind of questions. 
I was wondering if you wanted to highlight any parts of the newsletter that people maybe don't see quite as much, because obviously whatever's at the top is the most likely to be consumed really carefully and clearly. And the top has a lot of the like kind of sexiest industry stuff. It's where open calls are. Um, and obviously those are very important. Um, and I don't mean for you to like promote one thing above another, but is there a type of thing or, 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 or offer that you feel like maybe doesn't get as much love as you think should or that you just want people to know is available in this newsletter? I mean, I'd love people to click on the financial resources Google Doc that I've compiled because I think there's so much valuable information about different grants you can apply for, about um, where is your check from the government for your, your stimulus check for $1,200. All of that's there. Um, like we said before, the News for SAG After members is there, which I think is definitely worth giving it a read if you're a union member. Um, and I've noticed, you know, people will post in my Facebook group, you know, there's this discount, LA Casting is 50% off for the next two months if you call them. And I'm like, guys, they're all like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing this to whoever has shared it. And it's been in the newsletter for three weeks, literally. <laughs> under the discounts section. So, you know, there's tips, there's discounts. I would say like once a week, read the whole thing. You don't have to do it every day, but just read it once in a while. Um, I also separate it from like things from previous newsletters. You don't have to read things that you've read in the past, which I think is helpful. Oh, it's um, very helpful. It's above and beyond. I mean, <laughs> uh, just to call this out, um, I might even well, I'll ask you off mic as well, but whether you would like or whether I could even include, you know, you said the financial resources document, I can include a link to that Please. or something like that. In the show. It's just to kind of call out or, or specifically point people, to, obviously, to the entire thing. But I mean, this thing is incredible. I'm looking at the resources right now. It's all near, near the lower part of the newsletter with the financial resources and the news for SAG-AFTRA. But, you know... I'll, I would say that in my community, people tend to think of me as someone who is up on a lot of this stuff, who's informed about a lot of this stuff. I think that's mostly true. And at the same time, a lot of this stuff is really hard and really complicated and how you, it's, look, open calls are, are to me relatively straightforward. Having them in one place is incredibly helpful. But the stuff that's really complicated right now to me is, is the money, is figuring out uh, what happens if you're a gig economy worker? What happens if you're in a loan out corporation? What happens if you are in those things and you, are, you have a right to certain um, benefits from the government and certain social safety nets, but they don't show up. All of those things to me are where it gets really complicated and allows for people to have the emotional stability to take advantage of an open call. If we don't have the, our lives feel certain, it's gonna be really hard to nail that NCIS scene. For sure, and it's, it's so important, and I'd love to actually shout out Miata Idoga. Um, she does a free course at the Actors Fund on nuts and bolts of money. I'm actually taking her money management course right now. She's been- What's she's, that called? What's the name of the course? The, um, I have it. It's the Managing Cash Flow course. Great. But you have to take her nuts and bolts of money or something first. Uh, but it's a free course for actors. It's free. It's it's free. I just want to keep saying this. Like it's free. Free, free, free. I mean, everyone's talking about her. There's tons of, you know, business coaches who are featuring her right now. She's, you know, been seen on other podcasts lately. And there's a reason for that. She's brilliant. She's amazing at what she does check out her Abundance Bound and Miyata Idoga at the Actors Fund. Um, and then the other thing I, I'd love to point out is the mindset section in the newsletter. Well, let's talk about mindset, because that's obviously really important right now. I know it's, it's a passion for you, so let's, let's go there. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge 
I love mental health advocacy. And when I joke about my friends calling me a therapist and my therapist trying to talk me into being one, I mean, I've seriously considered it. I think it's so important for us to take care of our mental health in normal life, not even during a pandemic. Um, I, so I've, I'm on the national board of the Next Gen Performers Committee with SAG-AFTRA and the LA Next Gen Performers Committee. And if you don't know about Next Gen, look it up. I'll also share a link for that. Please but, send me all the links. I will, I will happily do a, a, like a Cliff's Notes version of a couple of things from the newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is you want to highlight. So I've um, been honored enough to moderate some panels for Next Gen Performers on mental health specifically in the past and then um, was asked by Evan Bass to help out with one recently during quarantine. And I have to say, for somebody who's already really passionate about mental health and knows a bit about it, I learned so much from these two wonderful, one's a psychologist, one's a family health therapist. And the video, the entire conversation is in the newsletter. I'm not going to take it out. And there's also an attached document of all kinds of different resources for you, like where you can find your own therapist, the crisis text hotline, the suicide hotline, um, but also wellness things like yoga and um, meditation apps and things that I think, you know, maybe usually you'd be like, oh, I don't have time for meditation or I'm not interested. Well, you have the time right now. Maybe you're interested in making yourself feel better. So you're interested in trying something new. Um, I'd recommend taking a peek. I, I'm looking at it right now. And even the most recent stuff, and, you know, there's the Elevate Your Truth workshop. There's a stress relief session to work on that. Um, uh, group check-in, getting uh, the healing tree goes live during social distancing for group check-in and then tons and tons of other things in the previous resources. There's, It's a really wonderful list. I wonder, you know, for people who are struggling right now, um, you know, I've, I've had my bouts with depression. I'm, I'm thankful that I've done some rounds with it earlier in my life and, and less right now. I feel very grateful for that. But one thing I know is that, you know, if you're, if you're stuck on the couch and having trouble finding that motivation, it can, be, it can be tough to tune in, you know, to one of those things to find that. Now, if we start with the caveat that first just follow you, you know, if this is not the moment for you to check in, don't beat yourself up. Shame is not going to be helpful. But if somebody's looking for like, how do I get myself just to click? Do you have any advice or, or like little tricks that you feel like can give you that just little spark of, you know, here's at least something to get you 10 minutes into, you know, clicking on something or looking at a newsletter. You know, I always tell my clients it takes, it's hard to create new habits. Um, it can be really challenging and I totally understand that. And especially right now when you're going through something like this pandemic, which is, I don't even have words to describe the pain that we're all feeling and dealing with inside. I, I think if you can commit to giving yourself 60 seconds, just 60 seconds and say, if I hate this, I'll move on, but I'm going to watch this for 60 seconds. At least you've tried and statistically you're more likely to watch more than 60 seconds, which is great. Um, but then you've showed up for yourself and then the next day do it again for 60 seconds and well, that timer idea just set the timer for some very manageable amount of time you know don't something I always tell my, my clients is I'd rather you under promise and over deliver so often people are like I'm gonna do this and this and this and this and then all of a sudden oh god that seems exhausting difficult yeah. I mean it's doable 
when you're trying to start a new workout routine and they're like, oh, all you have to do is like four workouts a week for an hour. And it's like, well, I don't work out at all now. How am I supposed to do that? That is literally infinitely more that I'm doing right now. So if you literally say, I'm going to choose a 15 minute workout tape and I'm going to commit to doing a minute, maybe you'll do more, but I'm going to commit a hundred percent to one minute. It's it's likely you're going to do more. And then the next time you might do more too. Um, I'm, I'm not a mental health professional, so I don't know if that's amazing advice, but I think it's It's showing up for yourself is important right now. And also asking for help, you know, reaching out to somebody else who maybe would do it with you. Um, I think it's scary and hard right now to, to be alone, especially for people who are quarantining by themselves. And I think, you know, get on FaceTime with a friend and click the video at the same time. Um, I also think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I do think that's really solid advice. I mean, it's very practical. It's very straightforward. It's buddy systems and accountability tends to work better than doing it on your own. Setting really manageable uh, time chunks that you're willing to, to at least just give it a try versus trying to take on the entire thing. Those are, those are really helpful. I, I do think that you should um, do the mental health, uh, get a really good degree, um, and then we can have Dr. Doolittle, and it just feels like, it just feels inevitable. It just feels inevitable. I went to school with a guy, um, Michael Lovin, and I always wanted him to be a doctor just so he'd be Dr. Lovin. And it just feels, it doesn't work with my name. I feel like if, if there was something good there, I would have, I would have figured it out. Um, <laughs> is there any, I have a couple other questions for you, but is there anything else about the newsletter specifically, um, anything that's in it or anything that you've experienced from it that we haven't hit for that specific topic? Uh, I would say one of the, my, my favorite things that I shared in the past is Yale's happiness course or the science of well-being. It's free. If you haven't checked it out, I definitely would encourage you to look at that. Um, and it's Yale, so you can be like, oh, I took a Yale class and feel really swanky. Um, but it's, it's very doable, it's really interesting information, um, and it might be more digestible for some people than you know, trying to do their own kind of course on mindset by clicking on random links. Is it a course on kind of changing your mindset? Is it a course on like, what is it that really causes joy? What's the, what's the thesis of it? I mean, it's the science actually of being happy. So it does teach you the reasons why, um, but then it also has you start to break down your own, like it has you do exercises to increase your own happiness and to check in with yourself at the beginning of the course and the end of your course to see if your happiness level has actually increased, which I think for most people it does. That's wonderful. How, what kind of time commitment is that course? Is it something that takes place over... It's honestly about two hours of time a week. It's nothing terribly crazy. It's mostly watching videos um, and doing some reading. It's not like you're writing essays or reports or anything like that. It's super doable. Yeah, and then you went to Yale. Um, I do want to ask, let's talk a little bit, you're a career coach and, and someday this is all gonna be back to normal or some version of normal and you're just gonna be, you know, you're gonna be acting, you're gonna be coaching careers. Do you feel like you have a thesis or a, or a, or a overarching perspective as a career coach? An overarching perspective. I mean, I, I guess I, I like to say that I help actors get unstuck. And I think a lot of us feel very stuck in our career at whatever level that we're at. We don't know kind of where to go next. Um, and that can be really challenging and, and hard. I think 
career coaching is interesting. I find a, I have a lot of imposter syndrome around it, even though I've been doing it for a long time. But I think who better to coach than somebody who's just done some of the things that you're trying to do. Um, and to just have a, a, somebody who's a cheerleader for you and, you know, having you celebrate your wins and look at your career in a new perspective. Um, and just keeping you accountable to what you actually want and your goals and also being fluid and flexible with them and, and reminding you that it's okay for your goals to change because you change and evolve as a human being. Um, you know, who I wanted to be 10 years ago is not who I want to be now. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> it definitely does. I mean, I, I think that's one of those things that's easier to almost see in someone else as they talk about it rather than like articulate in a clear sentence. But I, I feel like you're hitting it when you say that I'm in the trenches with you. So this isn't somebody who, you know, I studied it objectively. Like I've done it. I'm in here with you. The idea of a cheerleader means that this is coming from a place of warmth and support rather than, you know, something more boot campy or something more, um, not that it wouldn't be practical, but someone leading from the, like, it's nuts, it's bolts, it's just this stuff. It seems like there's a warmth attached to it. Obviously, you have your uh, real interest and value in mental health, which means you're going to probably be bringing in some of that work underlying into into your career coaching. I feel like that starts to create a picture, sure. I mean, I really like working with people one-on-one -on -one and doing private coaching, which I think a lot of people don't really love doing that. A lot of coaches prefer to sell a big course and obviously there can be more financial payoff for that. I really like sitting down with people and really learning who they are and what they want and getting clear about that. Because I think a lot of the times we don't know what we want. We know what we think we should want. Um, you know, we should want to be a series regular. We should want to be a movie star, but what do you actually want? What do you want your life to look like? Um, and I think it takes time sometimes to really get to that thing. Um, and I, I get so excited, though. I totally geek out on dorky things like writing cover letters to agents and managers. Like, I find so much joy in doing that. <laughs> um, and just, like, you know, when you have that client who's, you know, non-union and Caucasian blonde and feels like they're in a category that nobody wants them, and then they find this match with a manager that is – they see the world in the same way and that they're able to connect and work together. And of course, I don't expect it always to be perfect and work out forever. And I think that's part of the journey is learning that there's going to be ups and downs, but I get really excited about my clients wins probably more than I get excited about my own career wins sometimes. Um, cause I love them cause they're like, they become like family to me in a way. Um, so yeah. I think that absolutely answers it. Do you feel like in the time that you've been coaching that what you coach or the business that you are coaching for has, has really changed at all? Or do you feel like it's still kind of the same stuff? It's changing all the time. I think, I think it's, it's good that I'm in it too. And I think, you know, but I, I look at casting commercially and I worked in commercial casting for a while when I first moved to Los Angeles and, it's shifted a lot since then. Um, and there, there's a lot that I'm constantly trying to learn about it. Um, I don't work commercially very often. It's not been a passion of mine or major goals of mine. Um, so there's always things to learn. And I think I always want to be a student too of this industry. And I love, you know, listening to other people in seminars and people have their 
own perspectives. Uh, and right now I think is going to change things drastically. So I'm interested to see how this shifts things. Like, are we going to be doing almost all auditions on tape from now on? Does that mean they're going to be seeing a lot more actors? Are there going to be potentially less background and co-star in, in things because they won't, they don't want as many people on set? Like, I don't know. I, it's, I've heard that there's going to be a real move for a temporary time of really self-contained stories where it's just the series regulars fewer i mean i don't know how you do that if you do a, a detective show or a hospital show obviously that's it gets tough but and also all of our all of our biggest movies have giant crowd scenes and i know there's gi but they're big that's kind of yeah. part of what we sell it's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like and where the opportunities end up being for people and the good thing is, is everybody doesn't know together. <laughs> like we're all in that same seat of we don't know. And it's not even just us actors. You know, my husband's a screenwriter. and I was talking to him about it the other day and I said, well, maybe you should just write a movie that's like for two people or maybe, you know, are, are you being told to not write crowd scenes right now? What's going on? And the writers are trying to navigate it too, you know? So we are all in this uncertainty together and, who knows, maybe they're gonna have to make way more people recurring co-stars and guest stars because they're gonna need the same people showing up to set every day. It could be really great for a lot of people in that way. We'll see, I don't know. Yeah. I'm also waiting for the first Zoom TV show. I'm waiting for something that's like the staff meeting every single, you know, half hour staff meeting at you know Dunder Mifflin that just happened. Yeah, weekly. I mean, I definitely, I definitely think it's happening. I, it's it's so crazy though. We're so used to such high production value, and even you know, I don't know if you watched the One World Together at Home kind of concert yeah. that Gaga put together, but it's like you know, you're hearing these incredible singers, but they don't have great sound, and they sound kind of not as amazing. And it's it's unique and inspiring because you're seeing them in their home environment, and that feels cool and new. But at the same time, it's it doesn't have that pop and pizzazz and great sound quality that we're so conditioned to. I watched the uh, Saturday Night Live at home. Did you check that out? Yes, home? I did. Yeah. It was, I thought it was so vulnerable for them to get up there without all of the production value and without the audience, without the laughter. I mean, no joke sounds as funny if no one laughs. That's okay. just a vulnerable fucking thing to do. It's really brave. And like Tom Hanks doing the monologue from his house, those jokes, maybe they play great with the studio audience, but it, it instantly feels more like a dad joke, just the second that no one is <laughs> laughing. And I, there was something that actually made me like it more for a minute. I don't think I'd like it all the time, but I just thought like, these are people who are willing to stand up there and do everything they, they can to entertain you right now. And they, and they don't know if they're going to get a response for it. And the whole world can look at them and say, nah. And that's, that's wildly brave to me. It's such a, it reminds me of when acting can be a service Absolutely. rather than an ego-driven pursuit. Well, I mean, you see that people are turning to our art during this time. You know, everybody's at home watching Netflix, watching Amazon, watching Hulu. It's, you know, they're watching old movies. They're watching their comfort television shows that they watched in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And I think that speaks to what we do as performers. And it makes me feel confident that we have a place in society after all of this and it makes me feel proud for what we do and for helping other actors get to become a part of this world that we where we get to tell stories um and i mean yeah i watched the snl thing too and 
interestingly enough, like I haven't watched SNL in years and it was fun to, to sit there and be a part. You really saw what worked and what didn't, but I agree. I was impressed regardless of whether it worked or made me laugh that they were up there being so vulnerable. Um, I love Chloe Feynman. I think she's hilarious. So good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's, but, she's what, yeah. Are your, what are your, um, what are you watching? What are you, what are you, you said, you know, favorite things from, from back in the day. What are you finding you're watching most of the time in between, well, you know, writing newsletters and taking care of people's mental health and showing up for the union and doing open calls and watching SNL. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you're making me sound really cool or important and I'm definitely just compiling information and sending it out. I'm glad I get to do it because I'm glad I get to help people, but it's, it's not rocket science what I'm doing. I'm literally just curating information. Um, but what television shows I'm watching for me, my like comfort place and my husband makes fun of me and I love watching any period piece British shows. <laughs> I'm like all about it. Give me my glass of red wine, my dark chocolate. It's very Olivia Pope of me, but um, <laughs> I, I, so I'm watching Belgravia, um, the new Julian Fellows show. I'm watching Sanditon. Um, and then I, like there's tons of others. I love Killing Eve. So I'm watching that. We're watching Ozark. We're watching, um, gosh, what else? I'm not watching that many shows, you're right. I watch like maybe an hour of television a night. Uh, it's like you're getting a few though. I mean, you're, yeah. you're covering some ground. We yeah. watch Killing Eve as well and I love seeing all the ads for all the different British murder shows. It's like, <laughs> in this sleepy town, this bearded man will show up with this lovely lady and they will solve a crime. <laughs> they all talk about the next broad church, every single one of them. And I'm the one sitting there being like, hmm, it's, is it British? Maybe I'll check it more, out. More, more, more. Um, well, is there anything else that you, that we haven't hit yet? Anything about the newsletter? Any thoughts, questions you have? Anything in the whole world before we wrap this up? Because I've gotten through most of mine. I feel like we've got a, we've got a nice kind of base on the, on the newsletter and, and where, you, where you came from, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful to have been asked to be here and hopefully, you know, bringing people together a little bit during this time. We talked a little bit about joy and sparking joy. And I will say one of the things in the newsletter that I love is um, if you haven't tried some of the dance classes that are out there, it is so fun, you guys, to just let loose and like have a little dance party, um, whether it's Ryan Huffington or on Wednesdays, there's um, Dance Church. Um, in Los Angeles, there's DDPLA. Um, we've started by casting director Kara Shoot Rosenbaum and some friends. Um, there's so many virtual dance parties right now. And I think, you know, we all need a little joy in our lives and movement. Um, so I think that's a great option. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful that you asked me to be here today. Um, happy to be doing the newsletter. We'll see what it becomes eventually. I don't know. Maybe it'll become a weekly newsletter someday. Um, I want to see kind of what people want. So I'm curious about that. And I'll be asking people what they want to see happen with it at some point. Um, yeah. And let's just hit the, hit the main points one last time. So people can, uh, the link for the, for the newsletter will be in the show notes along with a couple specific things we might pull out just to kind of highlight. Um, there's the Facebook group. If you do that, answer all the questions and be a part of that awesome community. And if people are interested in just straight up career coaching from you, how do they find you? They can email me at actorsrise at gmail.com. You know, it's funny, my, my website, because I've been coaching under 
with a different company for years and I just kind of went off on my own and my website was about to be done and launched with maybe two more weeks of good work on it and this happened and instead I've really been focusing on the newsletter but hopefully in the next two or three weeks my website will be live as well so that'll be actorsrise.com um, and you can email me at actorsrise at gmail.com if you need anything and um, yeah you can follow me on Instagram at that do little if you want to see pictures of my cat I think that's awesome. I, I just think it's important. Look, you know, I obviously work at an acting studio. I also, you know, coach careers in the studio is uh, this podcast is, is technically sponsored by one of them. But to me, I don't really, the competition is imaginary to me. Um, I feel like one thing that I don't understand everything about your life. Lord knows I don't have a newsletter like this, but I do know what it's like to work with actors and have a passion for that. And that to me is something that should be celebrated and shared and that there is kind of, there's more than enough for everybody to go around. There's a lot of people who, who have different ideas, different messengers, lots of people need different kinds of voices. And so I just think it's, um, I'm really happy to, to promote anybody on this podcast and uh, thrilled to promote you right now. So definitely check her out, send her an email, work with her, get involved in the newsletter and the Facebook group. And um, Jenna Doolittle, thank you so much for being on Industry Tab. Seriously honored to have been asked, Brian. You are such a nice, kind person, and I listened to some of your other episodes, and now I'm excited to to listen to the rest of them and and learn more about these cool, interesting people that you've been getting to know. But you're clearly such a light, and you want to bring us all together, and you're giving service as well by doing this podcast and sharing resources with actors. So thank you for the time that you're taking. And um, hopefully you and I can get together in the future and, yeah. and you know. In person? person and, you know. Is that legal? <laughs> yeah, have a drink, something. <laughs> like that? I would absolutely love it. We will make it happen, and I will, uh, We'll stay in touch during the pandemic. I'm interested to see how things continue going for you and to uh, keep chatting as it goes. Yes, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Jenna for coming on the show. Please subscribe to the Actors Rise newsletter and Facebook group and check out all the links in the show notes. I hope you register for our Happy Hour Conversation series and consider donating to Feed the Frontline Los Angeles. Uh, check us out on social media at Industry Town Podcast on Instagram and uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes or Spotify. We'll be back soon. Until next time.